It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. You know what you need to know and what's it all about. Everything you need, it's on the clip out. Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast. Episode 318. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hi. Hi. I'm just happy to be here. Oh, really? Well, because I didn't know if I got to be on the show. I mean, you didn't you didn't send me the Zoom invitation well, to, I, to join you on camera. It wasn't on purpose. And I just thought, I know I'm not getting any younger. This is the third podcast that I've recorded today. So you think you'd have it down by now. I would, but it, in but my head, I felt like I had already done all the things. So, so I thought I was, I thought I was like, ready. If you don't want me on the show anymore. I want you on the show. And it's like I... Otherwise, it would just be me babbling. And I guess it's really not that different now. I know a little of me goes a long way. And I was like, well, 318 episodes. <laughs> Had a good run. <laughs> no, I still want you here, Tom. Okay. I don't need your pity. It's not pity. <laughs> I guess you don't want to be here. It sounds like an excuse no, now. I, I want to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are we talking about this week? And that's what I say here. Oh, we should let oh, everybody. But we, the, our interview this week. We have a warning for you. Yes. So if you have little ones in the car, you're going to want to skip this part and then skip the interview. You're going to skip the part where we tell you about what the interview is. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to want to skip the interview. All so, right, so we'll give you a moment. Yes. Okay. We're back. We're back. So uh, you might love working out, but <laughs> do you lust it? Because <laughs> we might have a new thing for you or maybe a thing that's been happening to you and you don't know why and you've been keeping it under wraps all these years but the the lady we're talking to this week she is a, a phd she's a she's a she's a medical professional she's a scientist she does all the things she's very reputable she wrote a book called corgasms so what is that you ask it's about people who have exercise induced orgasms yeah don't worry I know. You got lots of questions. I asked all we of them. We have the questions, too. Tom asked all of them. I asked yes. all of them. We got to the bottom of this. Or the top of it, depending on what your jam Whatever is. Whatever your preference yeah. is. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> and she's also a Peloton user. She loves yeah. her Peloton. So I heard her on Savage Love, and I was like, that's someone we should talk to. And much to our amazement, she said yes. So today, <laughs> we will be talking all about exercise-induced Orgasm, and it's uh, Debbie. How do you pronounce her last name? It's her, Herbin, Herbinic, Herbinic. Yes, I yes. yes. I think you are correct. Yes. So uh, if I get it wrong here, I get it right in the introduction because she told me like three seconds before. Yes. I had to say it again. Yeah, but that's, I think that is great. That is right. That's the timing I need. Okay, so, so you can join into our regular conversation now. So. Oh, I can't make corgasm jokes now. Oh well, I oh, you go ahead, get them all out of your system. Oh, I don't know, but oh, uh, oh, but I just I don't like having my hands tied unless I do <laughs> that makes this make it dip more difficult so uh other than that what pray tell do you have on in store for people this week well we're going to talk about uh the little surprise peloton on tour edition we also are going to talk about all the things that peloton has been adding uh what's going on with peloton in the news we've got tons of just information to impart to you not to mention we have a visit from dr jen and we're going to talk about snacking smarter like 
how to do that. Right. Also, we have a visit from Angelo at MetPro, and we talk about finding nutritional balance while on vacation. Oh, always a tough one, as we illustrated during our Disney excursion. Yeah. It yeah. was ugly. It, it was. And by I mean, ugly, I mean awesome. And delicious. And delicious. Uh, and then uh, we also have a past guest update, artist series, and uh, that is all. Okay, well, before we get to all that, shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Google, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. And while you're there, be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Maybe leave us a review. That's super helpful. We also have a Patreon that you can find at patreon.com slash theclipout. Uh, if you sign up there, you can get these episodes ad-free. Um, you also can, uh, if we get them early, you get them early. And we record bonus episodes for people. And so we actually... Uh, put out a thing in the patreon facebook group Mm -hmm. that's a secret one that you don't know about yeah and uh but uh we put out a message just asking people what they wanted to hear on a patreon episode we had so many fun responses so one of the questions people had that people seem to really co-sign that they agreed with is they've noticed some uh some some shifts in direction of how we how we do things around here lately and they were just kind of wondering what that means, what went into that, all that, like, and so uh, the, the the helper bees that we've had around, buzzing, uh, <laughs> all just, the awesome graphics, and yes, articles, things like things like that. So we will be recording that episode for Patreon people here soon. If you wanted to get like kind of behind the scenes, see how the sausage is made. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love sausage, especially people that have exercise induced orgasms. <laughs> uh, also, we get to go to. We get to go to the, are you going to tell them about the barbecue? Oh. I, was, <laughs> I think that's just amazing. Well, it didn't have anything to do with much of anything, but uh, we're going to a barbecue <laughs> on Friday. For the Barbie movie opening? For the Barbie movie. They're doing a promotion locally, so we get to go to. I just think the pun is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> so. We can move on. <laughs> it's St. Louis, so there won't be anyone there. Oh, no. No, but uh, <laughs> but there'll be free barbecue. Yeah. So. We do barbecue well. Yeah, that is something. Yeah, that's yeah. That that and muggings. Uh, yeah, carjacking. I mean, Somewhere you are yeah. in the city, but yeah. Oh. yeah. Also, don't forget you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the clip out. While you're there, like the page, join the group. Uh, you can get our newsletter that gets all the links and everything sent directly to you. You can sign up for that at theclipout.com, and you can always watch these on YouTube if you are so inclined. So you can cast them to your TV, watch them on your desk at work, things like that. So. There's all that. Let's uh, let's dig in, shall we? We shall. Peloton in the news. Surprise, Peloton's coming to L.A. <laughs> well, they were <laughs> so nice that the second biggest market in America gets these fun events. They get overlooked so often. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were already going to Santa Monica, but now they are stopping at UCLA. And I guess that's just part of that's going to be on July 14th. So it's it's built into the existing weekend. Nothing is changing with gotcha. the existing events. They're just adding another one. Well, I guess that's good because they were saying how small the Santa Monica store mm-hmm. is and things were so limited. And mm-hmm. so now they don't have to be quite so limited. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be on the 14th at 2 p.m. Pacific. So uh, that is awesome. And hopefully people will get to go to that. It's at the Bruin Plaza, July 14th, 2 p.m. Pacific time. Also, uh, just while we're talking about this, we do have 
boots on the ground this weekend. Okay. And Monday, we are going to be recording an overview of how everything went down, and we will be including that in our episode next week. So awesome. You will get exclusive firsthand insight as to what Peloton on tour stop one entailed. Exactly. Awesome. You can now change the color of your Peloton app Yay. on your smartphone. If you have iOS. Oh, it's only iOS. It's okay. only iOS. Not on your smartphone, on your iPhone. Yes. I'm sure it will be coming sometime in the next two to five years <laughs> for Android users. <laughs> Lots of hate about that. Yeah. I changed mine to, well, I've changed it like three times. <laughs> but... First I, I changed it to something... hot pink, and then I changed it to purple. Yeah. And, yeah. I guess this is something based on your reaction that is very exciting for people. Well, it is, because here's the thing. When it's like, it was who cares? A lot of people. Yeah. When it was red, right. people complained it looked like the Pinterest logo. Well, because it looks like the Pinterest logo. Fair. I mean, it does. Like, I can't believe, of all the lawsuits that Peloton has incurred, I can't believe one of them has not involved Pinterest. <laughs> not putting that out there, not wishing it upon them, no. but I've always been like, it looks like the, I mean, it's not a hot take. It looks like the Pinterest logo. It does. It does. Uh, I would say Peloton would even agree with that. Yeah. Um, but- uh, then when they changed it to white and black with the new rollout that yeah. they did, uh -huh. then people were like, what, 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 what are you doing? Because now it looks like the TikTok logo, number uh. one. And number two, for those people who take the time to sort their apps by color. And they're out there. Oh, a lot. Yeah. I, I had no idea this was a thing, but yeah. now I am, I'm educated. It's, it is a huge thing. Well, they were, they were very upset and, and because- they had to redo everything. And when right. I say upset, it was not really that upset. They were just like, whoa, this all changed everything. <laughs> and then there were people who truly were upset because they could no longer find it on their phone. Like you look for a red button and now it's right. gone. And so now you can change it and you can change it back to the black with the red. Okay. Um, and so you can still have it be red if that's important. If you, you don't have Pinterest on your phone and you don't care. Well, and it's black with red. Before, I think it was white with red. I don't know. Oh. I, it's I've already forgotten. Like it feels like it's been years. Sure. I don't even know what it looked like anymore. But uh, I think it's slightly different now. Okay. Well, like I said, exciting news for some people. To, I like. Obviously, I don't have the Peloton app on my phone. Shocking, I know. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just like, why would you care that much? But okay. Yeah. It's a hey, man. Not everything's got to be for me. That's right. So just because I like it doesn't mean it's dumb. But it's dumb. Well, it's dumb to you. I to me. I love it. I love changing it. And I keep changing it because it's just fun to see a new color. It's just yeah. a little pop of color in my little fitness folder. I okay. like it. Yeah, it makes I, me happy. No, that's, I have lots of dumb things that I like. So wow. you're entitled. What? I said I have dumb things that I like. Right. Which indicates that I like this thing that is dumb. Well, you like me. <laughs> <laughs> so I got two. All right. That's two. Oh, I'm sorry for our British viewers. You have two. <laughs> I can't do it the other way. I'll get kicked out of what? yuck. What are you talking this about? This is offensive that in is? the UK. This is the middle finger for them. What? Yeah. This is new information. Yeah, for us, it like means nothing. Just means that I need two, please. But like over there, that's like giving somebody the finger. Okay, Hala Yoga. I need you to. I need you to set me straight. So I need. She I need. Believe me. I no. I need. I need explanation you know i mean i could google it 
But hey, it's fun to have friends tell you what's going on. So Hala Yoga, please. I'm always in a fan of people telling you that I'm right. <laughs> I know you are. Yes. <laughs> Music business worldwide is reporting. I thought this was very interesting that last year Peloton paid the record industry more money than TikTok. Mm-hmm. And well, one, I think this is a lot about how skewed the royalties are for things. I would like, have not to that agree. Peloton shouldn't be paying a good chunk of money, right there. Right. But but TikTok, well, I I don't understand why it's any different for TikTok. I mean, it because it's this is my theory, and it's just a theory, right? Because it's spread among more people, like. Like uh, they don't think that they should have to pay. Like, so if I were to upload a TikTok video Mm -hmm. and I put in a snippet of music, like, well, I only used it for 30 seconds. Right. You care. You know what I mean? And so all the people have that collective thought process. They don't think about the fact that TikTok as a whole is using it. Well, the individual users on TikTok don't pay, but TikTok should be paying. I understand. I'm saying I'm saying that the individual users are the ones that make that. I feel like it's because. It, it, the thought process is, well, each person is only using it less. Like if you have an instructor and they do a class, they're going to be doing a, like a 45 minute class or an hour class. And it's yeah. going to live out there forever, although it lives out there forever on TikTok. And you it's have usually TikToks. A, snip, a snippet. Yeah, but you, and you have TikTok. So they get millions, tens of millions of views. You don't uh, have Peloton ride that gets tens of millions of views. I'm just telling you what I yeah. think is happening. I'm not I, saying I'm it's just, correct. Yeah, it's just it's just weird. But it is fascinating, especially when people... We don't. We we were here for the lawsuit thing, yeah, right? We were for the music lawsuit when, like, the Years. sanctimonious people were like, "Peloton is refusing to pay artists; they're monsters." And it's like, yeah, that's not really what's going on here. And uh, yeah, we yeah. were right. <laughs> yeah, we were. Yeah, we we said from the get go, like, no, that's. There's no system in place. They're doing this to force a system into existence, and then they will pay people. And, and then they, they did. And then they did, and they pay people more than major, wildly successful social media apps. So yep. I'd like to go back in time and say, suck it. Yeah, they don't, li- <laughs> they don't listen anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the sorts now that'd be like, no, that's what I always said. I was, I, I, no, no, no. I, I said all this. This is, I'm Jim Cramer on Mad Money. I've always predicted this. <laughs> <laughs> He knows everything, honey. He does. Paddle.com, which I don't know what that is. I am more uh, familiar with their uh, partner website, upshitcreek.com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Without the paddle. Yes. I get it. But uh, they had a, an article, an episode. I can't tell what this is. I don't know. You know what? You know how I know what this is? This is a marketing website. I know it's a marketing website because nothing on it makes any sense. Yeah. They don't say words. They just say buzzwords. <laughs> right. That, and so I know that this is a marketing website. Yeah. That's well, what I know. They talked about Peloton's pricing doing all the heavy lifting. I just thought that was really funny. I don't think that they're wrong. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like it's also not really new information. Yeah. Like I feel it's, like they've been pretty clear that that's what they're doing. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah. I don't even really entirely know what it means. I, like it's I, doing well because it's priced no, appropriately. No, they're saying that like because it's a 
because it's subscription based, they keep messing with the subscription. I mean, it's what we've heard a million times that that, that they're being focused now more on subscriptions right. than equipment. And really, at the end of the day, that's what this article is saying, that the that when they make changes to the, the pricing strategy like they recently did on the app, mm-hmm. that is to help Peloton make more money. And and it's to drive revenue in a different way. Which, of course it is. That was the whole point. Right. Yeah. Yes, that's... Thank you. You've just defined business. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. did that to make more money. That's a hot take. Hey, they made a video about it. Well done, neckbeard. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Coming in hot. Whoa. Hey, we've got... uh, We've we've got new uh, perks for Chase Sapphire members. And this is a good one. It is. Yeah. You get what if you buy a piece of Peloton equipment, you get fifty thousand points, miles, sapphires. Yeah. Now I will say this: I've seen I've seen this come up before, and you got to be real savvy when you guys use this because it only happens for a certain amount of days. Oh yeah, people and, were like missing it by like sixteen hours. Yeah. And, if you if you don't order and take delivery within the time frame they say, then you might have Chase fighting it. So, gotcha. so good luck. Be prepared. Yes. Yeah, because I remember that there was the two different issues. Yeah, Peloton had put out a verbiage saying one thing and people ordered it and then Chase was like, Oh, that deal hadn't started yet. Yep. And we don't owe you anything. So like, yeah, watch out for that. Be very careful if you go after this. Yes. Yes. One of our new helper bees, Chris. Yeah. He uh, did a little write up about Peloton Radio. It's been a while around for a bit, but I, we thought that it was maybe something people weren't overly aware of. Yeah, I think I think that um, a lot of people have no idea that it exists because a lot of people have s- historically not done scenic classes, and so I think that they were completely missing that that was a thing. Also, to be clear, Peloton Radio only is available when it's distance-based or time-based. So if you're taking a scenic class, like let's say Matt Wilpers is on a bike and he's guiding you through, I don't know, some mountain scenery or whatever, Right. that is not Peloton Radio. Those have already been pre-programmed. Okay. And those programs stay. Gotcha. This is for like, you're you're doing it on your own in one of the guided scenic or, or time-based. Uh, there are a lot of these. I had not realized how many that they had added to the scenic classes. So these are ones that aren't necessarily instructor-led. Is that it, what you're saying? Not not necessarily. None. Uh, there is no instructor. That's the point. Yeah, okay. That's So that's how you find these. If there's no instructor, if it's not they're, like... They're grouped. You have okay. instructor at the very top. Okay. And then you have time-based and distance-based. Gotcha. They're, they're in separate sections when you go to the scenic classes. I'm glad you asked that because that's a that's a good thing. Yeah. The very first section, you don't get these. That's okay. that's the basic takeaway. Keep scrolling. But there's a lot of them out there for both the tread and the bike. There's a lot. Like hundreds. Awesome. Yeah. Should we say what Peloton Radio is? I don't know that we actually said it. We probably should. Yeah. So Peloton Radio is actually you can pick a genre of music and it will it, then it will cycle through a playlist while you're taking that class. And then, and the next time you take the class, it will be a different playlist, even if you choose the same genre. Skiffle. Yes, all of those are not oh. a thing. Yeah, <laughs> on Peloton Radio. They don't have that. Mm-mm. Tom's Guide 
which is not my guide, not affiliated with this Tom, just to be clear. Nor Peloton's guide. Yes. Uh, did a review of Lane Break. Yeah. I uh, Should we just scroll down to get his response, his sure. thoughts? There we go. My verdict. One of my friends said Lane Break looked like a running version of Mario Kart, but I'll have to take her word for it as I've never played it. Sorry, colleagues. I was surprised by how much I enjoyed this kooky feature, and I think it makes a fantastic addition to an already excellent array of classes. Perhaps it is time to dig out that dance mat after all. I have to agree. I'm telling you, if you were sleeping on Lane Break, you are really doing yourself a disservice. I love Lane Break. Also, how do you not know what Mario Kart looks like? Yeah. I mean, I don't play video games, but I don't even I know what Mario Kart looks like. Come on, man. That's a good point. It's a good point. I would say it looks more like um, playing the um, rock band. Rock band. Yeah, I would agree. Peloton, now hiring. I know that we have a lot of senior international logistics analysts who listen to the show, so I thought we would take this moment to let them know that Peloton is looking to hire a senior international logistics analysts there you go and also if you're a junior international logistics analyst this could be your big moment and you're looking to level up this is your time to shine also if you're a senior national logistics analyst also your big moment maybe you could branch out Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah this is uh this is actually very interesting because seeing that we know that peloton is hoping to increase uh, the number of countries that they are in. I just find this very interesting. Logistics, international thought process. We already have Germany, we have London, we have Australia, and we know that they're looking to do more. So I'm curious what else they will do. Not to mention, of course, they have to bring all the equipment inbound from other countries. There's that. It's a lot to do. It is a lot to do. That person will be busy. Very. And coming up after this, we're going to talk to Dr. Jen. She has tips for snacking smarter, so stick around for that. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses and then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? (laughs) Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each, so nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away 100 or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say, that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, And they also come in like a million different colors and styles for your $25 you're not sacrificing comfort safety or style if you want to support the show and pick up a pair gooder is giving the clip out listeners free shipping on their first order just go to gooder.com slash tco that's g-o-o-d-r.com and use code tco to get free shipping gooder offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste 
texture, size. Yes. None of that with Hero Bread. No, because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs, they have like no substance to it. (laughs) It's like eating air. It is. And Hero Bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these i just had toast which you love because you have toast almost every day i do it was the (laughs) best textured bread of this sort that i've ever had and if you're doing the math it's zero to one grams of net carbs zero gram sugar and high in fiber so don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code TCO at checkout. That's TCO at H-E-R-O dot C-O. Getting this psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us once again via the magic of a Zoom tube is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. She also has a wonderful app called No More Diets that you should check out. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, We have a question from Fred Tucker. Now, I happen to know that Fred Tucker listens to this podcast and he also really loves his tonal. So I feel like he would be very excited for me to say that. He messages me about tonal stuff all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Fred is struggling with trying to out-exercise a bad diet. So he does Peloton. You were going to say me. (laughs) He's trying to out-exercise Tom. But no, he's uh, he's trying to out-exercise a bad diet and he knows that doesn't work. But he doesn't know how to get the results that he wants and still do all the exercise. Now, I know you feel very strongly about intuitive eating, so I'm really curious what kind of thoughts you have for Fred. Yeah. Um, Well, first of all, when he says that he's out eating his exercise, I'm assuming that it's it's the choices he's making and the quantity. Uh, Yeah, because he also says in a later thing with somebody else, he says that snacking is the killer for him. So I'm assuming there might be like, an excess amount of snacking, which is something I would do. So that's why I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> There's no going on there, but that's okay. <laughs> you know, first of all, when we get into that kind of diet mentality of like that your eating is so much about your weight that you're conceptualizing your exercise and your weight as being like a plus and minus category that you have to figure out. What that tells me is that he is not tuning into his body and actually listening to what his body wants. And when we play that diet mentality game of, I have to eat this number of calories, I have to work out this amount that like we make it all about an equation that is distant from our bodies, our intuition, and our hunger and levels of satiation, then that's when we tend to get into that kind of trouble. Because then we try to play the game of, I want to eat the most that I can in order to maintain this weight. And that's not what your body wants. What I would love to see him do is shift his thinking 
do a few things. One is using the hunger scale. You know how much I love the hunger scale from zero to 10, 10 being the fullest you've ever been. Your stomach's going to explode. You're like, be like, you're you're going to be ripped open by your full stomach. <laughs> zero being you're so hungry, you've fainted, you're on the floor. Five is neutral. Three is, or I'm sorry, four is, I think I'm hungry, but I'm not sure. Three is, I'm solidly hungry. Two is, I am my stomach is grumbling. I'm starting to feel a little nauseous. I'm cranky. And then a one is like, I'm really not doing well. I feel I'm feeling lightheaded, dizzy. On the other side of that five is a six is I could tell I've eaten, but I'm not full. A seven is full. An eight is I'm really stuffed. And a nine is I'm in pain. So what I like to see him do is tune into his body and really try to work on eating when he's a three, which is, I know I'm hungry. It's not, I'm not sure if I'm hungry, which is a four. It's, I know I'm hungry and not letting himself get overly hungry and stopping when he's a five or a six. So he's neutral, he's satisfied. And what you'll find is if you're able to do that, you start to kind of figure out what your rhythms are. And you're if you're not eating when you're not hungry, part of the problem when we eat when we're not hungry is we have no way to know when to stop. Because when we feed ourselves, we're feeding hunger. And then when we've satisfied that hunger, our our bodies signal, if we're listening, oh, it's time to stop. I've had enough. But if you're not tuning into yourself and you're eating snacks when you're not hungry, you're going to overeat because there's no signal that you get. You can just go on forever until you're uncomfortable and hurting, and that's no good. Then the second category that I'd want him to look at is how do you feel when you eat the foods that you're eating? So, you know, a lot of the time when we get into that kind of diet mentality that we go, oh, well, I love chocolate cake. So I want to eat chocolate cake. Well, chocolate cake is great. It's awesome. I love chocolate cake, especially vegan chocolate. (laughs) But if you're really tuning in and you're looking at what gives me energy? What what do I digest well? How do I feel after I've eaten it? Do I feel lethargic? Do I feel nauseous? Like all that sort of stuff. You're probably going to find that you feel better when you eat more fruits and vegetables, more whole grains, all that sort of stuff. Your digestion is better. Your bathroom habits are better. Like everything just ends up being better. And so really looking at how the foods affect you, how you feel after you eat them helps you to make decisions that are about what your body needs and wants as opposed to that goal weight that may or may not be obtainable. But if you're if you're out eating and out snacking your workout, something's going on where you're not tuning into you, or maybe your set point weight is higher than you would like, but it sounds like my sense from what what was written that you shared with me is that this is not somebody who's really listening to his hunger cues. I think that's probably true. I, I again, that might be me projecting. <laughs> we'll find out from Fred. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us more, Fred. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for all that wonderful advice. Until until next time, where can people find you? Um, You can find me on all social media at Dr. Jed Mann, two ends on Jed, two ends on man. And for anyone that wants to get a better sense of the hunger scale, you can check out my app, No More Diets. It is available on Apple and Android. Okay. Awesome. Wonderful. Instructors in the News. 
Susie Chan did it. She did. She completed Bad Water. You were on pins and needles last week. I was. Well, there was like a two. No, there was like a several hour period where her little marker didn't move. And I was like beside myself with concern. I had seen the ice pack. I had seen no movement on the tracker. I was getting worried. But uh, Susie Chan is a badass at Badwater. For she, sure. She finished 135 miles in the middle of Death Valley. We also... Uh, we don't have video of it, but we also have to talk about our past guest, Laura. Yeah. Um, and she she not only finished for her second time, but she got a four hour, four hour PR. Like, like she did it four hours faster. Yes. No, she did it in four hours. No, <laughs> no. She got a PR over her last time. Like, yeah. that's just insane. That four hours crazy. faster. Yeah. Um. So... Laura Watts, congratulations. We salute you. Susie Chan, amazing, amazing instructor. While we're talking about Badwater, I have to say yes. uh, that- You're doing it next year. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, I know my limits. Uh, don't know exactly what my limit is, but I know that is beyond it. But I do have to say that this was pretty darn cool. For the first year ever, ever, Badwater had a, a female- that won the race. And you know, I am a huge fan of Peloton and I will push Peloton till the end of days because I love them as a platform. Yeah. But I have to say, the winner was, I believe her name is Ashley, and she is one of the trainers over on Nordic Track. Look at that. That's uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. But I can't believe that the first time ever a female won. That's pretty damn cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. How that echelon trainer do yeah i don't believe that they were there i didn't if they were i was not told i did not see it robin arzan spoke to marie claire she pivots with robin arzan building resilience through running this is another story about the experience that robin went through mm-hmm. that put her on her current Cur- fitness career path yeah, yeah. I feel like we've all heard this, so I'm not going to go into detail. If for some reason you are a new person, basically she was held at gunpoint. She decided, you know what? Life's too short. Yep. Going to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. And so she used running to heal from that. That's the very, very short version. Yes. Also, Robin was on the Arthi and Sriram show. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. But uh, again, recounting her journey from corporate lawyer to Peloton celebrity. And we got a lot of Robin this week. And uh, she was also on a website called Romper, which where she talks about the changing narrative around pregnancy and exercise. Which that needs to happen. So I am very glad that she is is a proponent of that and she is doing a lot to make that happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool. And of course, if you get our newsletter, you will be getting links on all of those stories, all the stories that we share, and uh, you'll be able to read those in depth if you would like to. You don't got to go hunting for them. Mm-mm. Emma Lovewell was on Westchester News 11 talking fitness, health, and the road to embracing herself. It's so funny that these instructors just do the rounds now. Yeah. Like, remember when we were like, oh my God, so-and-so is on Good Morning America. Now it's like... Okay, where all have they been this week? I know it's just like a, <laughs> it's just like a cattle call of all the different media appearances. It's it's so shifted. Like it, like I said, it used to be a big deal when Peloton had had some sort of presence 
in national media like that. And now it's just expected, right? It's just a, a weekly roundup. Yep, absolutely. Also, Emma talked to a website called She Knows about her lowest point in her career as a fitness instructor. I feel like this is a good... I don't feel like we've heard the story yeah. as many times, so I felt like this was a good angle. So, what was her lowest point? Uh, well, I don't want to ruin it for everybody if they want to re- read it. Is that your way saying you didn't read it yet? Yeah. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> Dang it. Sign up for the newsletter. <laughs> there we go. We'll turn it into one of those. It's been a busy week. <laughs> Jess King talked to EDM.com about her love of EDM. Is the, the She just did that, didn't she? Yeah, she, she just did. was on EDM. Well, that was back when she was announcing she's now going to be a oh, DJ. Right. This is about the EDM culture and how she found escape through that. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a different time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like it to me this is like what what we were talking about earlier in terms of like I get people love it, I don't get it, man. EDM. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I I you know, it's always mystified me, but yeah, hey, man, there's it's it's a thing. It is very popular. Well. Cody Rigsby uh posted this week about his top 5 favorite Peloton classes. He sure did. Uh, there, he he called out several of the other instructors, Adrian yeah. Williams. He had one of Tune Day, her arm and shoulder class. He had hike with Rebecca. Uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody, but it was it's really neat to hear him, you know, talk up the other instructors. For I sure. think that's great. It was Logan that was another person ah. that he called out. So that's great. Christian Vandevelde this week, I guess, was doing coverage for Tour de France Mm -hmm. and was uh, discussing his Peloton classes. Yeah, we don't have coverage of it, but um, I think that it is a good sign. I have heard and seen that he has said that he would love to film more Peloton classes. It's just really tough to do with his schedule. So here's hoping that that will occur. I know there's a lot of huge fans out there. Uh, Cody also attended a special screening this week of Theater Camp. He sure did. I don't know. I'm not familiar with that movie. Oh, I just assumed that you were. No, I'm not. Hmm. I, I, this is, I, is it a documentary? Is it an actual like nar- like narrative film? Not actual documentaries or actual films. <laughs> but uh, I know what you meant. Yes. Uh, is it a is it a documentary or is it a film that's not a documentary? Yes, is how I took it. I don't know the answer to that. I just assumed since it was a movie that this would be your area of expertise. It should be, but yeah, I, yeah, I have not heard. But if it's a smaller like documentary or indie film, a lot of times those can roll out in different ways. So yeah. although that sounds interesting. It does. I saw a movie years ago. God, I can't remember what it was called, but it was about three high schools in this town in Indiana. And it's like instead of a town being obsessed with sports, they're obsessed with musicals. Mm-hmm. And like these high schools put on like Broadway level musicals and like in the same way that like some people in a football town, like the kid will start doing peewee football at like five. Yeah. So they can maybe be the quarterback when they're 16. Like this town does that same thing for their musicals at their high schools. Like cool. And it's like this huge like fight among the high schools as to like kids will like move how like they'll move to different areas like just to get into that district just to get into that district like if it's like oh like i'm a blonde singer dancer and they've already got a blonde singer dancer i'm gonna move to this other area so i can 
because they don't have one, right? Oh my it's, God. Yeah, like it's crazy. And like the shows they put on are are like ridiculously good. And like everything about them, sets, costumes, everything is like practically Broadway level production. And then they, and then you have like two schools that are like from similar backgrounds and one school that doesn't have as, as much money. And so, but they still put on great shows, but they they struggle in terms of like, they can't afford the bigger name musicals and they can't, they have to get a lot more creative with their sets and like, oh, I wish you could remember the name, but it was, it was fascinating to watch. Well, if you do remember it, maybe you could put it in, like if you can find it, maybe you could add it to our newsletter this week. Uh, I will try to do that or post it in the group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I find that really fascinating, like the differences between schools, because even in our district, going to a different high school in the same district, it's very interesting to see how they put on a different kind of level of for play. sure, yeah. And I also find it interesting, we, we always crack up at this because like when a TV show shows a high school or a grade school doing a play, that is not happening in real life. <laughs> like They don't have that level of costume. No. Oh my God. Oh, we just watched Euphoria. We just uh, got around to finish it. And like their, their season two finale, like the last two episodes all revolved around a high school production of a and play. And it was driving me crazy. And we were just like, yeah. Everything about this is such bull. And like, like, first of all, where are the freaking teachers? Yeah, like, can we just like, where is the staff of this high school? First of all, for sure. <laughs> but also, it was frustrating because it's like, look, this is a high school production, and I'm sorry, but every person on set and 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 something like this took place. Uh, took part in high school productions of theater, right? Yeah. Like, there's no way that you are working on an HBO show and you weren't you did weren't involved in theater. That there's nobody involved in high school theater on set, right? Like, so so they had to know. Like, this is nothing about this is even remotely based in reality. Yeah, it was it was very frustrating to watch. For but sure. there's a lot of shows that do that. Yes, absolutely. I get frustrated like that when I see concerts portrayed in movies. Yeah. There was a movie a while, uh, uh, God, it's been 10 or 12 years ago, where was it Gwyneth Paltrow was playing a country singer, and it was, I think, Tim McGraw was in it, and he was the manager, and it was really pissing me off because they kept cutting to her concerts, and it was like over the course of a week, and every time they showed a different show in a different city, she had a completely different stage set. and that's not how and that I was works like, no 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 <laughs> like that that is not a thing and then it was like on monday she was like playing a football stadium and then on like wednesday she was playing an arena and also I was like, not how was it like, works not a thing that is absolutely not a thing <laughs> like, like they have trucks and they all have right. the stuff on it and they unload it and then they load it and they go to the next city they unload it put it all together again and then do it again yeah like, country uh, strong was that a movie i, I don't country know country strong I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I might even have the actress right. I know Tim McGraw was in it. It was a blonde <laughs> singer. In my head, it's Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't know if that's true. I have no idea. The movie was really bad. I could tell. But I, I could I, tell by the stank face you were yes, making. It was really bad. So. <laughs> and that's instructors in the news. <laughs> <laughs> we went down some rabbit holes. We did. After this, more rabbit holes, but also we'll talk to Angelo from MetPro about finding balance while on vacation. Oh, my little money. <laughs> Clip out. 
Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube from MetPro here to answer your fitness and nutrition questions, it's Angelo. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Hey, guys. Great to see you. Great to see you, too. Uh, we've got another question for you. This one comes from Ashley Washington. She wants to know, how do you find balance to stay on track with nutrition while traveling? <laughs> ah, okay, Ashley. Don't ask uh, the O'Keefe's. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I found that I'm really good if I'm traveling for work. Yeah. But if I'm on a vacation, forget about uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> no willpower whatsoever. So we can, I mean, we can talk about the psychology, the choices, motivation, all of that. Those are all pieces of it. I mean, this is what at Metro, this is what we do. This is why you have that coach that's working with you day in and day out, because those things matter. But for sake of this conversation and Ashley's question, I'm going to explain essentially where your coach is going to try and get you from a practical standpoint. And that's simply preparation. So some people say, you know, I can do good, but when I travel, can't do it. Um, that's not true. You can. <laughs> I know that because I've had many, many, many clients who have been able with crazy busy schedules to succeed. It just has to be enough of a priority. And you have to know the strategy. So you don't spend, you know, months of your life researching the latest travel aids and the and the techniques and strategies. So, you know, it may feel impossible. But trust me, if you have someone in your corner that can tell you a few simple strategies, it makes all the difference in the world, such as when you travel, if you can take a half hour and just plan that the first, and when you arrive wherever you're going, you're going to take a half hour to see to it that your snacks and your food that you're going to prepare on your own is taken care of by planning a grocery trip. Hit a grocery store somewhere. If you can't hit a grocery store, hit a Starbucks. You could actually get the things that you need. Certain foods are more portable than others. In fact, I just had a somewhat famous client who was once again in an airplane and she needed to figure out what to bring with him. So we had him pack almonds because he could actually put that in his carry-on. We had him pack uh, some simple things like his oats, things he can take with him. And then as soon as he got there, he hit a grocery store. He had a list of just five or six items that were crucial to get. And then he was good to go. Most hotels will have a refrigerator in the room. And a lot of hotels, if they don't, you can request one and they'll usually put it in the room. So you can get a few simple items. You can use the coffee maker to warm up hot water. And then you can bring instant, not with sugar added, but instant oatmeal. And you can make oatmeal in the morning. I'm just using one example. If you don't like oatmeal, you don't have to do that. But you can bring protein powders with you. You can do that carry on even when you're in an airport. You can hit uh, restaurants where you know you can order something clean that's protein and veggies. And that's easy to do on the road if you have with you your carbohydrates during the day. So what we'll do a lot of times, coaches will assess their client's circumstance. And for me, a lot of times I move almost all of their carbohydrates into their snacks. 
I do that because it's easy to order at a restaurant and just do a protein and vegetable meal almost anywhere. Whereas if I say, look, I want you to get quinoa for your carb at lunch and you're on the road, uh, you know, <laughs> that's likely that's going to line up. But what I can do is I can make sure when you arrive, you have something as simple as almonds or jerky and apples and things that you can literally get anywhere unless you're traveling abroad to a third world country. And there's other options. Have those your snack times. And then at lunch and dinner, what you can do is order at whatever restaurant you're eating at, mostly protein and veggies. I had a client once, uh, Ashley, that uh, he was in a plane, a approximately 26 to 28 days a month. Um, there was actually a, a Wall Street Journal article written about our work together because his lifestyle was so unusual. And we built an entire travel plan based around items he could get at Starbucks. Wow. <laughs> yep. So when he arrived, he would do Starbucks oatmeal and protein shake uh, for breakfast. He would get two of their protein boxes, you know, the ones that have the egg, the piece of cheese, the fruit in it. He would toss the biscuit. He would get two of those boxes. So he was set for both snacks. And then wherever he was at, he would just order protein vegetables for lunch and dinner. And he was he was set. We actually wasn't perfect. It's not going to be perfect, but you can eliminate 80% of the trouble if you simply plan in advance. So if you're working with one of our coaches, talk to your coach about your circumstance, whether it's a car trip or a plane trip, and they can give you best of tips and strategies. And if you're just doing this on your own, simply planning a half hour in front of your trip to as soon as you arrive before you do anything else, hit a grocery store and get just a few key items as simple as nuts and fruits. And you're going to be set. It's going to make all the difference in the world. Awesome. That green. Well, thank you so much for all that. Until next time, where can people find you? Netpro.co slash TCO. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Past guest update. Stacy Sims was featured in Uno Magazine this week. Talk. Uh, uh, uh. Not just in uno magazine okay she was the cover story oh, well i couldn't tell by this link i believe that i, I don't know how to break to you i don't have uno magazine delivered what? to the office you don't so i don't know what it is is it about that pizzeria from the 80s no okay um because that pizza this, was trash. this is um uh, a new zealand i think uh gotcha uh magazine publication publication yeah. thank you but yeah she was on the cover and i just thought oh, that was that is very cool i mean it's it's cool that she was in the magazine at all for sure but, the but cover. like yeah because yeah, it says local experts local experts stacy sims and someone else we don't care about because she was not a past guest <laughs> i'm sure she had good insights too though but not as good as our past guest not as good as stacy sims yeah <laughs> so they were talking about menopause and how to get rid of it i don't know <laughs> how to manage it. how to manage the symptoms if only yeah. if only it could be cured <laughs> want to have a period forever do you no <laughs> you're like oh yeah no. that's bad too <laughs> no but it would be nice to not have to uh go through like five to ten years of yeah. sleep changes and weird like oh it's gonna be 23 days this month oh just kidding we're back to 28 oh you thought you had that down now it's 40 oh we're back to 20. Well, as the person who sits next to you, I agree. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. There's always fun mood swings that come with it, too. <laughs> <laughs> I had not noticed. Right, like, right. Uh, I, that's, that is new information to me. Hot flashes, cold flashes. It's all kinds of things. Yes. But anyway, congrats to Stacy. I love that she is normalizing and bringing this conversation to the forefront. I really feel like she's making a lot of headway. I feel like I've heard it so many places lately. Obviously, I self-select to hear about it. So that's part of it. <laughs> yeah. Once you click on one. They all start coming to you. I get posts about in a pause now. <laughs> that's right. My, my Facebook feed is... Peloton Monkeys Menopause. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm glad you can be educated, honey. Only one of those things is for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think this podcast is for you. I mean, it used to not be, but now it is because it's our time to spend together. It is. It's a little podcasting date. Peloton Artist Collaboration. You have a Christina Aguilera artist series in your future. Yes, yes. And tons of classes coming with us. Uh, And Helper B, Tina wrote a whole article gathering up all of the different classes so you can find them all in one place. And I don't know many of her classes. Like, I know... You mean songs? Songs. Yes. Thank you. I know that Christina Aguilera has songs that I know. I know she had that song about uh, being beautiful. And that one's like stronger. She had that song about sex. Uh, well, I mean, were they all about sex? She was the one who had a song about sex. I think sure. that was her. Sure. Yeah. It was like in the 90s where like this kind of like Britney and Christina and who are the others? Like there was like a couple other people. And then they had like, this was like the time frame of like Paris Hilton. And they were all just like all over the tabloids and super yeah. obnoxious. Like the way the tabloids would cover yeah. it. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like Je- then you had like the Jessica Simpsons and the Hillary yeah, Duff. Yeah. 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 And, uh, Mandy Moore. And yeah. Stuff like that for sure. It was a weird time. It was a very weird time. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure there are others of you out there that know her music a lot better and uh, will enjoy that very much. Peloton this week also announced the upcoming hip hop tour series. Yeah. I thought this was really neat. So they're doing a tour of hip hop and they're going through five different regions. So if you think of it like a tour, they started off on the West Coast and then they're going to go south, uh, I presume, over to uh, Atlanta, that kind of range, and then to Canada and then the Midwest. I don't know what the hell we're doing with the Midwest. What? In in hip hop? What have we we done? What have we done? I don't know. Nelly? Oh, okay. Chingy? Who? Chingy? Yeah, see, I don't know. Yeah, so but I don't I mean, know. Nelly, come okay, on. Nelly, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was more like Canadian hip hop. No, that's fair too. I yeah. don't know anything about that. Also, German hip hop, the UK hip hop, and then the East Coast. It's a weird thing because you'd think you'd do like West Coast, Midwest, South. As a country East guy, Coast, you're, Canada. Your routings are a little wonky. I, I think their routing's a little wonky. That's what I mean. I But I yeah, I think what they're looking to do is they want to start and end with the two biggest, which of is course. West Coast, East Coast. Yeah. Like, I, I get that. No, you're totally right. That is what they're doing. Yeah. But from a physical tour standpoint, not that it is a physical tour, my brain is like, this is all wrong. Yes. I only know that because of you. You're welcome. Thank you. But I can't believe we record in St. Louis and you couldn't think of Nelly in terms of Midwest hip hop. I just... Like, he had the one song. Oh, no, he didn't. He had, that I know. No, he's got way more songs than that. That Not that I know. Oh, yeah, he does. I doubt it. Oh. Oh, no. Here we go. To the yeah. Googles. To he's, the Googles. like Spotifying it up. He's got way more songs than that. But I don't know them. Hot in here? That's the only one I know. Country Grammar? I 
I know it That's exists. That's his first big hit. I know you it know exists, but song. I don't know it. Ride I don't, with me? I don't know it. You oh, wait, I do know that it one. It was on an episode of Friends. Yeah, you want to take a ride with me? Yeah. yeah. I, okay, I do know that one. E-I? I don't know what that yeah. is. Yeah, E-I-E-I. Oh, like, yeah. Grills. Everybody's wearing grills. Nope. Like just a dream. Mm-mm. That was that's a like covered in country music. Like just a dream was a huge song. I probably huge, know it from country. Song. Yeah, like if you heard that song, you would know it. I believe you. Shake your tail feather. I don't. I don't know that. Oh, I. I just think you're I just saying not, you don't. If you heard these songs, you would absolutely. That, know these that songs. could be true. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not good at recognizing music by the title, yeah. like unless it's music that I listen to like a lot, like over and over again. But I will also say I'm not well versed in hip hop. Yeah, like I'm. But just, those were like top big top forty hits. Like, but those, there was a huge chunk yeah. of my life I didn't listen to top forty. This is why I don't know Christina Aguilera. This is why I never listened to Britney Spears. Back, I didn't start listening to Britney Spears until like. 2010 like i mean there's just this huge chunk of time i didn't listen to any of that so i just have a different i have it i come from a different place tom stop judging me no i'm judging you i know like there i like i still think when we get done i will play these songs and you'll be like oh yeah i know that song that's what will happen that's how this will play out i have been judged yes I'm not judging you. I just think you're lesser now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Also, okay. uh, they we have updated artist series with a German twist. I uh, guess they're, uh, we have an artist series invading Poland? What's no, happening? No. What it is is their existing artist series, but they are Peloton is kind of like going back and adding German classes to the existing collection. For example, we already had... A Beatles collection, but they have German classes being added to the Beatles uh, collection. She Same... leap ditch, huh? What? She leap ditch. That's uh, she loves you in German. Oh, sure. They, I, because the Beatles were big in Germany. Remember, like they went to Hamburg and they played. Like they spent like a year playing the bars in Hamburg. I don't know these things. So they were so early in their career. They actually took a couple of their bigger hits and they recorded them. In German, so they could release them there. I had no idea. Yeah, and and uh, so and, so let me ask you this: Did they do? Did like Elvis do that? Because they're also adding Elvis, and they're also adding Elton John. I have no idea. I don't think so. I just know that they did it early on with the Beatles because they already had a following in Germany because of their uh, proximity, because of their years, their their time playing the the bars in Hamburg, and so they wanted to capitalize on that. And then I think they got to big enough where they were like we we don't have to do this and right. they stopped it's just it's just a few songs it's not many oh okay well either way this is what peloton is doing okay and <laughs> and they are adding classes for the beatles elvis and elton john so all three of those are getting added i wonder if we will see more in the future helper b chris wrote this article as well awesome and i bet we will i bet we will too I will say that, like, the newer ones that are coming out, those are all already including, including yeah. German That makes sense, classes. then. Maybe we want. They're just kind of backfilling. Maybe. Maybe, like, the largest ones get those. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. In case you missed it. Helper B. Darcy helped us compile a really fun article this week. Uh, top five classes of the week, according to you guys. Yeah, I okay, first of all guys, this is a new feature that we are going to do and I love it because I love hearing all the classes that you guys loved. Uh and 
all of our like staff writers, we all enjoyed it together. Like we enjoyed having the discussion about it. It was so much fun. And we really were inspired by all the classes you guys are taking. So the five that made the cut this week, uh, well, first of all, when you guys answer these questions, we want to know the why behind it. We want right. to hear why it is you love them. So over in the TCO group on Facebook, we had some really, really in-depth answers. But the top one from and this week came from Rebecca Kennedy. It was a class from February, a walk and run. And uh, Christina, a.k.a. Tina once nachos, loves walk runs when she's not motivated to run because they pretty much trick her into doing a hit run. Yes, Christina, I feel that. <laughs> and this one was particularly good because the walks are in a 10 percent incline, which makes the run feel that much easier. Uh, also, an amazing playlist featuring Beyonce, Usher and Whitney Houston. There you go. Yeah. Then we had uh, a classic rock row, 15 minutes on March 3rd with Matt Wilpers. Lisa Getty loved this one. Now, she's been trying to build up her rowing endurance, uh, but also making sure that she has she is able to like keep challenging herself. She said that she was a little concerned about this whenever she took this class with Matt Wilpers because he was like, there were going to be some deep cuts. Now, knowing that people like to give Matt a lot of crap about his <laughs> musical selection, she was kind of like, uh-oh, uh, what does this mean? But she ended up absolutely loving it. There were some some really great classes like, or excuse me, music in there, like New York Groove by Ace Freely, um, one of her favorite songs, and then Kicks, uh, which she says she absolutely loved in high school. So that was super fun. And then we had uh, Density Training, the Density Training Collection, Jessica Winston talked about this. We had a lot of people with this one, but she had a very in, a very good response as far as the why. The classes are strength alchemy. They push beyond the limits of what I thought I had, and the music is very good, and Andy is incredibly motivational in them. That's awesome. Uh, we also had some other people mention it as well. They also had really good reasons why, and you can read those in the article. Uh, then we had uh, one from Stacy Revere from July 1st, the Saturday 60 with Jess Sims. Uh, she's Stacy has to say that it's always going to be her favorite class is the Saturday 60. There's nothing like that in Peloton for her other than this class. She gets on and it's immediately tens of high fives. She sees so many people on the leaderboard she loves. It's a hard class to take. She knows they're all suffering together, but she loves it and she loves Jess. And then uh, my favorite one of the week, this is love for Mariana Fernandez. Uh, she got so many accolades this week. She's new to the tread, but a lot of people took her 60-minute endurance run last month because she challenged us to. Casey Kirkland Sims, uh, she is on the tread as In the Journey, uh, loved a 20-minute intervals run from July 6th. Uh, she said 20-minute intervals uh, run with Mariana from July 6th, great as a standalone or part of a longer stack. The class plan and coaching were phenomenal and accompanied by a fun playlist. Mary, Mariana's calm, encouraging spirit pushes you to be your best while acknowledging that where you are is just fine. Also, uh, Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes kicked off that mm -hmm. that uh, playlist, and you got to love that. So how fun are these? I love these. I love hearing how they inspired everybody, and that um, makes me want to take all of these classes. And I think it's a great way for people, if they're looking for something different, to kind of sample what other people have really enjoyed. So, yes. you know, there's so much to pick from. It's a good way to just kind of curate like, oh, here's something I heard good things about. I'll, I'll try this. I, I agree. And I love it. And thanks to our Clip Out community for everybody answering the question and submitting responses. So much fun to hear from you guys. 
And coming up after this, we're going to talk to Debbie Herbenick. Just a reminder, be warned, this one gets a little racy, talks a lot about sex and uh, how you can enjoy exercise even more. Turn your exercise into sexercise. <laughs> you want to stick around for that one. Checking in with the Peloton community. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Debbie Herbenick. Hey, Debbie, how's it going? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. Good. We have some fun questions for you today. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a fun one. I actually heard you on an episode of Savage Love, and you were talking about your book, The Corgasm Workout, which is about when people have orgasms while they work out. And I thought, well, that sounds different. It does. And so yeah. since we talk about exercise all the time here on a Peloton podcast, I reached out to you and then it turned out you also are a Peloton user and it was like double word score. Yes. Huzzah. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. And I love talking about exercise orgasms and absolutely about exercise too. So thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So I guess I'll let you start. Okay. Crystal. Well, I always start with the kind of like, I like to know where people joined Peloton because there's so many different backgrounds of how they found it. Maybe they were super active. Maybe they've never done any kind of workouts before and this was all new. So like, how did Peloton come into your life? Yeah, for me, I was one of the pandemic users. And so I had bought an exercise bike years earlier when I was pregnant with our first kiddo and was really sick. And it wasn't easy to get out of the house. I was like lacked confidence about getting out of the house for runs or long walks without being sick. And so I bought an exercise bike, but it wasn't a great one. And so I never really got super into it. You know, it was fine for what it was, but I've always been very active. And so I was really eager to learn more about the Peloton when I heard people talking about it earlier in the pandemic. And for me, it was a great purchase because it's a great bike. And of course, I love all the other options for classes too, like strength and core and stretching and Pilates, and I could go on and on. <laughs> okay, awesome. Okay, that's great. So Tom, do you want to ask the next question? No, I'm going to let you ask. Okay, them. that's fair. All right, tell us about exercise-induced orgasms. Now, I have never heard of this, and I've definitely never experienced one. So I need to know all of the things. Sure. So exercise-induced orgasm is sometimes in popular media is called corgasm. And the name came from an editor at Men's Health Magazine who... Because of course. Ago, what's that? <laughs> because of course, a man <laughs> named it. Because of course. Yeah. It's actually a really great name though, because I think what my understanding is what happened from talking with the editors years ago is that they had, as they do, published a workout. And this particular workout was really demanding of the core abdominal muscles. And this was like, Back in the day when they still got a lot of paper-based mail, like real letters in the mail, and they started getting these letters from women, because women also read Men's Health, right, who were talking about having orgasms from this particular exercise. And it made them think, right, and think, well, what's going on? And they talked with folks about it, and they really felt like it had something to do with the demands on the core abdominal exercise, or core abdominal muscles. And so they named it the Corgasm. And they wrote a little bit about it. And so that's kind of how it got its popular name. But in fact, the pioneering sex researcher, Alfred Kinsey, and his team wrote about it in passing in their books in the 1940s and 50s. But it was something that they also were not aware of when they were first interviewing people about sex. So they didn't systematically ask people about it, right? They didn't ask everybody that question. It's just that some people voluntarily talked about it. 
And so very little has been known until a colleague and I, a little bit more than a decade ago, decided to do an actual study on it and find out more about people's experiences with it. I would think this is something that when it happens to someone, they tend to keep it to themselves. Am I wrong? Like, it's just like... It's a private moment. Yeah, and then they're sure. surprised and they're like, what just happened? That's what I expect people are thinking. I have no idea. Like, I don't know. Yeah, you're spot on. So yeah, most people do not talk about it with other people because I think some people think that something may be wrong with their body or they're not sure what happened. They may feel or worry that it's kind of like a wrong thing to experience during exercise, which is a non-sexual kind of thing. Some people especially worry if it's something that happened, for example, in the presence of a personal trainer or a group exercise class or with a workout buddy. Other people feel really excited about it and really proud and really in touch with their bodies. And it varies a lot by gender. At first, we thought it was more of a women's experience. But it turns out when our first study came out about a decade ago, it got a lot of media attention. I mean, we were doing interviews all over the world and I was getting all kinds of emails from people in different languages and was using <laughs> Google Translate quite a bit to, to read people's notes. And I heard from a lot of men and that was really interesting. But the challenge with men is that when they experience exercise-induced orgasm, it's very interesting. So I'm a sex researcher, right? So I know that this is going to be really normal talk to me and right. maybe a little awkward for you. I hope not. But with the men, they go right, they sort of skip over erection and go right to ejaculation. Oh, And so that's very tricky for guys because, of course, there's the potential for mess, right? I mean, it's and, yeah. and so they don't generally like that when this happens publicly. And many men ask us for help on trying to prevent it. For women, since there's not an outward display of it, and it's something that they can keep private, many women really like it. Not all, but many women do. And because it is, they'll say like, it's like my own little secret, right? Or like it's at the bonus at the end of a workout. <laughs> I love that. I guess it depends on a lot of it. I would think would come down to how demonstrative you are during that moment. Sure. Yeah. In that's... terms of whether or not they think it's a net positive. Yeah. Is it the same exercise types that trigger this for men is for women or is it a different exercise routine for men asking for a friend? Yeah. So there's a lot of overlap. The key is that as far as I've been able to tell so far, for most people, these things happen when we're really asking a lot of the core abdominal muscles. So for example, for people who do crunches, it's not happening on the third or fifth or 10th crunch. We're talking for some people on the, like the 200th crunch. Whoa. So oh. there are people who like they're really exercising quite a bit. In terms of reps, it can be smaller for things that are really difficult for the core. So for example, one woman who I've interviewed and corresponded with quite a bit, for her, she consistently experiences it on the eighth or ninth pull-up. It's an unassisted pull-up. But I mean, I can't even do one unassisted pull-up, right? So to be able to do eight or nine... So that is still asking a huge amount from her body. And so that's why for her, it's a lower number. So I would say the places where it deviates, where there are some gender differences are really for me more about the gender differences in exercise, right? Women are more likely to describe yoga as one of the ways that they have exercise orgasms, probably because more women do yoga. Right. But we've also had more men describe physical labor types of exercise orgasms. So men who... One man in a survey who described having them from, um, he was a truck driver and would have to lift like really, really heavy drums for his truck. 
So for those or another man who was a baggage handler for an airlines. And so again, it's really asking a lot of your core to do this heavy lifting, but those are more jobs that men are more often going to have. But otherwise it's a lot of crunches. Captain's chair is a big one. So hanging leg raises, pull-ups. Sometimes it starts in childhood and then it's like climbing ropes. It's kind of funny, like doing the president's physical education challenge. We hear a lot of stories from like the rope climb and the <laughs> well, there's, there's a famous line in Wayne's world where Garth says she makes me feel kind of funny. Like when you climb the rope in gym class. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. So once you know about it, like there are some references that are out there that you can pick up on. And it's about 10 percent of people that have experienced it at least once but a much smaller number that have it regularly. Well, I feel sorry for whoever was the spotter on that rope climb. (laughs) Also, the baggage claim guy was like, well, there's another reason to check your luggage or to not to use a carry on. You don't don't want that. Well, he's not naked, honey. (laughs) Better safe than sorry. And backing up even more, 200 crunches. That lady deserves one. That's what I say. That's a lot of crunches. Or that guy. Or that guy. But I mean, in all seriousness, I know you're joking, Tom, but like these people, it sounds like it's not a controllable thing, or at least if it is, they don't know that it is. So it just happens. It's not something that they can control. But I think I would think that that would feel very disconcerting if you were not expecting that. For sure. I know from I would not find that pleasurable. That would freak me out. It totally Not really exercise related, but do people who have experienced this, I feel like men might have a harder time with this than women. Do they then kind of like get scared to have sex and have like regular sex? Like, does it make them worry about how everything works? I haven't heard anyone describe a fear of sex. It's about exercise. Okay. Especially for men with the ejaculation. You know, recently I heard from a man in his early 40s, for example, who said, hey, I've got a desk job. I've been trying to get back into shape and I'm having these orgasms when I do. And for him, it was quite a few different kinds of exercises. Sometimes a person just has one way that it happens or one or two or three ways. And for him, it was quite a few different forms. And so he was really trying to figure out how to get back in shape, which was really important to him. But as he said, he said, I don't want to wet my pants, right? So that's the issue for him is he was worried about that. And we had a little back and forth on email and were able to, for him, figure out a way to prevent it. For example, for him, he had it happen only when running on inclines. So I said, look, can you just try like a different route in your neighborhood, right? And can we try that? And, And I said, you know, the other thing is I have no way of knowing if this is going to work, but have you considered masturbating or having sex before you do your workout? And for him, having sex, so he's really not worried about having sex. In fact, he said, hey, this is a great bonus. Right? I can <laughs> my wife to have sex. And, and that worked for him. And so it does seem to be a little bit individual. And we have to, the folks that I've tried to connect with and figure it out, we kind of strategize because we don't really understand the mechanism of it yet. And until we really understand the bodily mechanism, we don't have a consistent way of advising people on how to prevent it. So it's very one-on-one. And for some people, it's really important because it's related to their job. I've heard from college athletes, right? And this is their scholarship, right? Right. To do a certain sport. But if they're having trouble training or competing because this orgasm is happening, then that's really tricky for them. It's not like with this guy in his 40s who can just take a different route or try a different exercise. 
if you're a college athlete, a professional athlete, an elite athlete, and you're competing and training for really high stakes stuff, then you still need to do your sport. The other group of people I've heard from quite often over the years has been folks who are serving in the military. And they used to do these speed tests for sit-ups. And that was keeping some folks from being able to get through their speed test and do a certain number of sit-ups within whatever time it was. And my understanding is they don't do those anymore, luckily. But I had heard from physicians in the army who were saying, we have quite a few people. We don't know how to prevent it. So I know it sounds fun and funny, right? Corgasm. Right. There's definitely a lighthearted aspect to it. But there are some people who it actually really matters in terms of their job. And so we do need to do more research in it. I would think also in a setting like your professional athlete, the military, a college athlete, there's also the added concern of just, is this going to get perceived as some sort of sexual impropriety on their part? That's got to add to the pressure. It does. And it's, again, as you mentioned earlier, many people, as you're correctly guessing, don't feel like they can bring it up with folks. So now, because we live in the age of the internet, people do sometimes have this experience. They don't know what to make of it. So they go to the internet and they don't have to bring it up to a person. They bring it up to the internet. And because I've written about it more than <laughs> more than anyone, I mean, there's not, we haven't done too much on it, but what we've done is done by me. And so I do hear from people who say, like, thank goodness I found you because I don't know how I would bring this up to a trainer or to my doctor. And that is difficult. I mean, one of my colleagues who works in exercise science, when I first got interested in this, I was talking with him about it. And he said, wow, like this really happens. And he had worked as a personal trainer for years. And he told me a story about how years earlier, he had had a client who did share with him that I think it was Captain's chair, maybe, but whatever it was, she would have orgasms while she did that exercise. And he thought she was flirting with him, oh. right? Because he hadn't heard of it. Of yes. course. So you also see that there's, I understand why he felt that way, but it does show, and I've brought it up since then with some of the trainers I worked out with where I talk about my work and what I'm doing, and almost none of them had ever heard about it before. So we really have a lot of education to do really in the exercise community too, so that people can feel like they can bring it up with a trainer because some of the folks that I hear from stop working out or stop working out with a trainer because they may say things like, well, they think I just don't want to do crunches and they're trying to make me do them anyway, right. but they don't like, I can't tell them why I don't want to do crunches or pull-ups or whatever the case is. And if it's happening with a trainer too, it's got to feel if you're in a relationship, adultery adjacent, I would think. For some people it can. I mean, it's interesting. I've heard so many different experiences and some people have felt shame around it. And other people who, for example, might not like might be abstaining from sex before marriage, but then they feel like, well, this is fine because it's not sex. Yeah. Right? You know, so some people interpret it in a sexual way and then they might feel bad and others don't. And so people are pretty individual. But since getting into Peloton and doing a range of workouts with Peloton, I mean, this is an area of research I do. And I do sometimes wonder like, well, at least this is a way that you can exercise on your own and have a lot of engagement in whether it's strength or biking or whatever, but in a private way, if for any reason, including exercise orgasms, you're not comfortable doing certain workouts in public, right? Yeah, I think it's really good. And I also, I'm really glad we're talking about this because I mean, I've been exercising for a long, long time and I'm like, how have I never had? I'm kind of like, well, I feel a little left out. Now I want to try one. <laughs> <laughs> orgasm workout. You know, I can't guarantee anyone can have them, but 
We have done some work where we've engaged people again, because not everyone wants to have them, but I was curious if you could teach people at least the arousal aspect of it, because there are many people who experience low desire, low arousal. And if you can tap into your own arousal, right, for free and in a healthy way, rather than trying lots of the medications that are out there or this and that. And we did find that through teaching people certain, that's really what the book is about, is that through teaching sort of certain ways of adjusting whatever exercise you're already doing, it's not really new exercises, it's making tweaks, Okay, that we were able to teach people to at least tap into their own feelings of arousal, which you can then like take those same body movements and apply them to sex. And so it's kind of a fun thing. We did have somebody who actually did experience the exercise-induced orgasms, but most people just felt the arousal during the study. Okay. What about whenever you did your study, did you do any kind of study about like how long people had gone between their last orgasm before they had an exercise-induced orgasm? Like, was there any correlation between that? Because you mentioned the guy that like he tried doing the having sex before he went out and that helped. So that just made me wonder if that's something that's common. Yeah, it's a great question. We didn't ask that. And I hadn't really thought about that before, but it came to me really when this guy was just like, well, I'm having them from so many different sources and which is a little less common. And we do know that in general, it's not true for everyone, but for some men, they can delay ejaculation, right? If they have recently masturbated or had sex. And so I was like, well, let's just try this with him. So I don't know, but some people that we've had in our studies can have exercise-induced orgasms really regularly. I mean, it's just like, this is just their exercise. And they're regular people who work out like consistently daily. Again, some are elite athletes. And so they're also just having like lots of orgasms. But I don't know. I think it's a good question for future study if they're sexual orgasms, if the timing of that changes anything about their exercise orgasm. Ooh, are you going to get cited? <laughs> yeah, you never study? know. That would be cool. What about like people's fitness level? I mean, clearly there's a range of people that you've talked about because you said elite athletes and college level athletes. But when it comes to like, I don't know, level of body fat or how much they currently work out, does that have anything to do with it? Because you also mentioned the gentleman who was getting back into shape. So it kind of made it sound like he hadn't been working out that much prior to his current endeavors. And so I didn't know if there was any correlation you had been able to pick up on in that area. Yeah. The thing is, again, you have to kind of tax those abdominal muscles. Yeah. So some people will even talk about like if you've experienced like the quivering, right, the muscular quivering. So some people notice that before it starts to happen. So I think it's nuanced. Like I think that clearly you're not going to see exercise induced orgasms in people who never work out because they're just not working right, out. Right. And sometimes when you first start to get back into it, you're not really pushing yourself that hard. And so some of the people we have who are like in a state of transition with their exercise, for example, one guy who used to be in the military, and he told me how when he was in the military, he regularly had exercise induced orgasms. And he said, you know, he's like, I was never into really drinking. And the other guys would like leave the base and go out like to these bars and go drinking. And I would stay behind. I think his story might be in the Corgasm Workout book. It's it's an interesting thing. He would stay behind. And if I remember, he would kind of push desks together, like in this empty classroom, and then put his hands on either side and do like dips. And that was for him. He would do them. So it was like a regular experience for him that he could do them. And then as time went on and he left the service, he got out of shape and he didn't experience them for a long time, right? He was doing sort of more regular exercise, not really demanding of his body. 
And then in his 40s, he got back into exercise to really want to get back into shape. And then the more fit he got, he started having them again. But the fitter he got, he was also doing more with his body. Exactly. And we've heard that from people. Some of the other folks in our study have tried to get back in shape after having C-sections or gallbladder surgery or other thing. But it's only when they're kind of ramping it up and really asking something hardcore of their core that they really start to experience it again. Interesting. For men, is there any correlation between having an exercise-induced orgasm and maybe being uh, quick on the trigger? We haven't looked at timing of ejaculation yet. We have looked at general like ability to have orgasms during sex. And I think frequency of orgasm maybe and didn't see anything there. We did see a relationship with sleep orgasm. And so we still have a lot more to learn, a whole lot more to learn about it. I mean, it seems to be like from people who have orgasms in other kinds of ways and, and almost all men have orgasms in other kinds of ways. And women usually do, but it varies, right? Some only have them from clitoral stimulation, some from vaginal stimulation. But we found that for men who have had the experience of prostate stimulation to orgasm, they say it feels a lot like prostate stimulation orgasms and not really like penile stimulation orgasms, which makes sense because it's like it's something internal is happening. And for women who have had clitoral and vaginal stimulation to orgasm, they generally say it feels kind of deeper in the way that a vaginal intercourse orgasm feels. I mean, not everybody, but for the most part, that's kind of the experience of it. So yeah, I think looking more into things like ejaculatory timing could be another area for the future. See, you two are just full of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take over the study with you, right? (laughs) Just kidding. Do you have plans to like do another study though, out of curiosity? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting because I do, I've been in sex research for like 20 years and sometimes I get into kind of like novel, interesting areas and other people in my field follow suit. And I've been saying to people like, no one's following suit in this in this area. <laughs> and so it's still very much kind of like my area and with a few colleagues, but that can be like a lonely place to be. Like yeah. I want more people in it because then we get like more like, I mean, even just this conversation, right? You can see there's different thoughts and ideas and That's the neat thing about science. So to anyone who's like listening to this, and if you're a scientist, like get out there and study exercise induced orgasm because we need like good thinking and people power to do more research in this area. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. I'm just curious, zooming out a little bit. How did you get into this field? That's a great question. (laughs) Oh, into sex research? Yeah. Yeah. So I was originally planning to study child development. And I worked a lot with like kids who are on the autism spectrum and just saw myself going into like child psychology. And then when I graduated college from the University of Maryland, I took a job at Indiana University on a study that was actually looking at child and adolescent sexual development, like with adults, like looking back on their lives. But when I was doing that, I just suddenly realized like how little I knew about sex. And how so much of what I learned, I had learned from magazines and I was surrounded by these amazing faculty who knew so much about sexuality and I had had so little sex education from my family or school. And so I just realized I had all these questions, right? And I was very curious. And so it was one of those forks in the road. I mean, do I go back to grad school and study child psychology or do I go back to grad school and study sexuality? And I ended up going and studying sex research. And that became my area. And every now and then the sort of child and adolescent stuff is there, like even in the study of exercise induced orgasm that 
So many of our participants do recall these feelings in childhood and adolescence is really interesting. For example, we have, I think what's so fascinating about it, and again, there's going to be some portion of listeners who had this experience, but they don't know what those feelings are for years. That would have right? to be very confusing if it's happening to you in middle school. Yeah. 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 Or when you're six or eight or for, 10. Oh, and even so, more so, yeah. So they describe it, but the stories are also so sweet. Like they'll say like, oh, like I just used to call it like my tickle feeling or oh. something. <laughs> and sometimes they do have a best friend that they tell because they don't have the shame around it, right? right? So they think it's kind of fun. And we have this paper coming out with this great story from a woman we interviewed who her experiences, they were on the rope in gym class. And the first time it happened, right, she's like making it up to the top and her friends are like all there cheering her on. Like, you can do it. You can do it. And then she starts having this experience, but everyone's cheering her on <laughs> and they don't know what's happening to her. It's private. But if only most people's early orgasm experiences were so positive, right? Yeah. And so, yes. So you have a whole room full of people cheering you on. That would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that can be replicated. No, no, Tom. Yeah, not down that road. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just kind of neat. And and then the other area, I'm, you know, I'm a parent and a sexuality researcher and educator. And I have a my next book is not about orgasm. It's about it's for parents about talking to their kids about sex and called Yes, Your Kid, What Parents Need to Know About Today's Teens and Sex. But yeah, that love of childhood and adolescent development has always stayed with me. And, and I still try to, yeah. I to, would think these days people. it's more important than ever to have somebody giving good information to kids with the internet. Good Lord. <laughs> it is. It's really hard with, and that's one of the things I often say to parents is, provide them with information because often when young people do stumble on pornography at, I mean, often at ages, right? Eight, nine, 10 these days, not always, but sometimes they're just trying to understand like a very basic thing that they've heard at school, or they want to know what something about bodies or puberty. And they now have the internet, just like people have the internet to find out about exercise and juice orgasm. You now have the internet to find out about something at school that was confusing to you. But when you type in a lot of these terms, yeah. you really wind up in spaces that you should not be when you're eight and 10 and 12 years old. And so it is difficult and it does feel like a really important time for parents to feel more comfortable and confident in sharing information with their kids. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for all the work you've done. I yeah. really appreciate that. Is it difficult to get funding for things like this? Oh, Are people squeamish about that? For exercise and For just sex I'm research kidding. in general. It varies. It varies considerably. The funding is not there for exercise-induced orgasm, but luckily the studies we've done so far are really low cost, right. and so I can just do them without hardly any cost at all. There are other studies I do, a lot of U.S. nationally representative surveys, and those are hugely expensive. And so they do require funding, but luckily, whether corporate funding sources or federal funding sources, if they're squarely focused on health issues, are options as well. But we, yeah, we get support from private philanthropists and foundations and kind of a whole range of folks because ultimately sexuality is important to people's lives. Not everybody have sex, but the vast majority of people do. And sex is really related to people's relationship and marital satisfaction and to human health. So there are enough people out there who see the value in it. And I'm always grateful when they do. That's awesome. I did want to cover just a couple quick Peloton things. Sure. Since this was also yeah. Peloton related. Yeah. That you... way our funders don't get upset. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have funders. We don't have. Do you have a favorite instructor? Oh, I do. Yeah. yeah. 
So my favorite instructors for any like cycling stuff are Cody Rigsby and Robin Arzone, two totally different moods, right? Yes. Like they're just, but I absolutely adore those two. And for strength, I would say probably like Callie is the one that I go to the most. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And are you comfortable with sharing your leaderboard name or do you not want the weirdos tracking you down? <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it's not our listeners, but you never know who's out there. (laughs) Yeah, no, and I do, yeah, I do try to be a little private. So yeah, I probably won't share my my leader. That's okay, I had a feeling that might be the answer, so I wasn't going to just put you, put it, make you feel on On display. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But if people want to learn more about Corgasm, they can read your book, presumably, and they could try to do their own, their own exercise-induced orgasm if they're interested. Yeah, they could. And whether or not it happens, right? Just enjoying exercise to me is still the fundamental message. Agreed. That's the ultimate orgasm. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I like where you're going with it, Thomas. We need like one of those, the more you know stars to shoot by. (laughs) So say that. That's the real orgasm. (laughs) It's like the orgasm was inside of us the whole time. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) it was. (laughs) so is there anywhere from a professional standpoint where people can find you or your wares that you would like to share with people before we let you go well i mean people can learn about our work Mm -hmm. at sexualhealth.indiana.edu and see the kinds of research that we do okay we've got about a dozen faculty who do all kinds of different sex research on sexuality and disability and in international issues and yeah, a lot of neat things. And then, yes, the Corgasm Workout was my last book. And Yes, Your Kid is the next book. And that is available on Amazon, wherever you get your books. It's not yeah. hard to find. Yeah. Is it, is it out now? Yes, Your Kid is available for pre-order now. Pre-order, um, okay. It, it comes out like in people's hands in November. Oh, awesome. How awesome. exciting. Yeah. Congratulations. Well, we thank will include you. that in a past guest update when it comes out. We sure will. Yes. Oh, that would be great. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us and letting us subject you to our silliness. Yes. Now, I will say the dream. I, mean, I know you may not be able to include this, but I will say the dream, the dream yeah. is for Cody Rigsby to, in his exo Cody, to have some more. He every now and then has some good sex questions, <laughs> but I would love to see him take on a few more. He's okay. fantastic. No, we could yeah. totally in- do, include that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're calling out Cody. Yeah. He needs to be yeah. sexier. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm always like when I'm done, I'm always like updating my husband on like his latest things. The other day I was like, yeah, he had this one about like, you know, how he was talking about like save yourself right for the climb that we were about to do. And he's like, not like that kind of save yourself. He's like, no, like, you know, get out. I don't think anyone could ever think that that's the kind of save yourself he was. (laughs) (laughs) He's so fun. He's so fun. Yeah. It wasn't too long ago. He did a, like a real, it was a video. One of the things on the social medias and he was like, it's summer. Why would you want to be in a relationship right now? You should be out dating. This is, this is the time. Like it's all pool weather and get out there and <laughs> and then like two weeks later he was like and i'm back with my boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> my favorite cody Rigsby thing ever is he did this one workout i don't know it was like a year or more ago but one of the songs was let's hear it for the boy yeah and he's just like narrating it right because like when you really break it down like when he breaks it down he was like like he's no Romeo, like okay, and he, it's like, and then he's like, wait, he doesn't dress well. <laughs> and like he sings off key, like everything about. It, he's like, why are we cheering for him? <laughs> like you know, like what does he do? And it's like, wow, I've completely changed the way I feel about this song now. 
<laughs> That's great. <He's> great. <laughs> Maybe they were cheering for him because he was climbing the rope in gym class. Ah, it all comes back. <laughs> Well, thank you so much again for this. This has been really fun. And it's also been super educational. Absolutely. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. So I guess we need to do this wrap up quickly. Chris, Crystal wants to go work out. Ah, right yeah. Now. Let's go. I want to go try some things. <laughs> and I want to watch you work out. So uh, that suddenly was... my workouts just got a lot more interesting and even sweatier. So but that was a fun interview. It was. Yeah. yeah. And educational. Absolutely. Like I, I you know, like it, I tried to actually ask real questions. Same like, here. I mean, I Same here. I could have been making jokes the whole time. But, but I mean, it's a real thing. And I was legitimately interested in like that as a phenomenon. And I also, you know, like she's a she's like a real scientist. I didn't want to sit there and like turn her work into into joke like she's, yeah and i don't want her to think we're making fun of her for sure like we're, we're certainly not like it, it it legitimately is interesting yeah and she's very good natured and she knows that i'm sure just given the topic there are people that will have fun with it but like i you know well i mean there are clearly people yeah. have fun with it but but you know. also just interesting to hear the challenges behind it too for sure absolutely yeah. so um so anyway that's it for this one uh, until next week where can people find you people can fe- find me on facebook at facebook.com been playing a lot of best fiends yeah so i have people can fiend me that's true we still play it we do still play it. all these years later <laughs> we still play it. <laughs> our very first ad yeah. <laughs> okay so anyway uh you can find me on face oh geez facebook at facebook.com slash Slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. You know, you can just find me on the socials at Clip yeah. Crystal. I also the leaderboard. They know by now. Yeah. Yeah. If they're and, even still listening. Yes, you can find me at well, don't say parsnips, whatever you do. Um <laughs> It costs like four hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun, though. Yeah. So uh, you could also uh, find us on uh, or find me on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com/slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. No, slash Tom O'Keefe on Twitter at Roger Kubert and uh, all that stuff. So all that stuff. You could also find the show on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash The Clip Out. While you're there, like the page, join the group, and of course, don't forget our YouTube channel where you can watch these and see us talk about corgasms so <laughs> that's it for this one thanks for tuning in and until next time keep pedaling and running and rowing and corgasming <laughs> <laughs>